Hey, Sober Girls. Every life choice you make has an impact, and some choices are just easier than others. An easy choice for me has been adding Exact Nature CBD into my daily routine. Exact Nature's products can help curb cravings while promoting the positive changes in mood, focus, and my favorite, sleep. These are all part of getting and staying sober. They're available in oils, soft gels, and gummies, and in varying strengths and formulas. What I love most about Exact Nature is I know the quality is top tier and safe because their products are made by people in recovery for people in recovery. Go to exactnature.com to get 20% off your order. Use code SOBERGIRL20 at checkout. Being positive is a choice. Exact Nature just makes it easier. Welcome to a Sober Girl's Guide podcast, a lifestyle podcast based on sobriety and recovery. I'm your host and sober girl, Jessica Jabot. Inspired by my own sobriety and wellness journey, I want to spread the wealth of knowledge. Tune in each week for uncensored conversations about mental health, self-development, wellness and spirituality, and how they influence each guest's unique recovery journey. My goal is to educate and inspire and to let you know you are not alone on your recovery journey. Thanks so much for tuning in to a Sober Girls Guide podcast. Let's go. Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 184 of a Sober Girls Guide podcast. On today's episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Brianda Gonzalez. She is the owner of The New Bar, a non-alcoholic bottle shop based in Venice, California. As a quick reminder, at A Sober Girl's Guide, we love to showcase everyone's different type of relationship with alcohol and how that serves them. We are not here to convert anyone. These are open and honest conversations about different people and their different perspectives. This is a judgment-free zone, and we are here with different episodes, different perspectives to meet you where you are at. That being said, Brianda walks us through her relationship with alcohol and what mindful drinking looks like for her. This is such a great conversation. Let's get into it. Brianda, what is going on? I am so excited to talk to you. How is LA right now? It looks beautiful. It's really (laughs) nice. Honestly, um, I mean, I'm a big fall gal myself. um, So I just moved here from the East Coast. I'm originally from California, but um, it's been like summer 2.0 for the past week. And although, you know, I'm ready to put on my turtleneck and bring out the trench coat, but um, yeah, it's stunning. It is beautiful. We can't take like the sunshine for granted. Definitely. Yeah, I know what you mean. We've definitely had an extended summer. Um, It just started raining today. Mm, it's over nice it's indulgent it's 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 nice it's like okay now I get to like breathe and kind of relax and get like cozy and snuggly and it's like fireplace season you know yeah it's time to slow down yes I love it I love it uh Rhonda I we're definitely going to talk all about the new bar because mine we have to but first of all I want to get into a little thing I like to call uh, your BS self or before sobriety self. So 
first of all, how do you identify your relationship with alcohol? What does that look like? That's a good question. So I would say presently, um, my relationship with alcohol is a fairly distant one. Um, you know, I am, um, somewhat flexible with how I approach, uh, drinking in general. So, um, about, I don't know, 95% of the time I'm drinking all of these amazing non-alcoholic drinks that I've surrounded myself with. Yeah. Um, And from time to time, if there's a really lovely, uh, bottle of wine that I feel like indulging in, um, mindfully, um, I do participate. And so um, mm. I'm very lucky in the sense that that is a choice that I can make. Um, Definitely. But uh, yeah, it's it's been interesting to see myself over the years uh, become less and less excited about alcohol and more and more excited about the other interesting opportunities and um, benefits of, of non-alcoholic drinks. Definitely. And I love that you use the word opportunities. There's so many opportunities and possibilities within, especially now within the non-elk space. And I feel like we're just scratching the surface. I mean, you definitely would know more than me, but uh, I'm just a fan. You're, you're like the, the uh, expert on, on the, on the non-elk stuff. But I wanted to talk about, um, you mentioned mindfully and drinking mindfully. How did you get to a place Um, And what does that even mean to you? Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, for me, drinking mindfully means um, not reaching for something out of habit Mm. or out of um, just the fact that it feels like the normal thing to do in that context. So um, when you think about what happens at 5 p.m., most people are like, okay, my workday's over. Here I am. I'm going to go get myself a drink. And Mm -hmm. you reach for a glass of wine because it's what we are used to grabbing or it's what we have been conditioned to do over centuries uh, of really good alcohol marketing, right? And so um, drinking mindfully is is the opposite of that, right? It's Mm -hmm. um, having a beverage, whether it be alcoholic or non-alcoholic, but being conscious about why you're doing those things um, and actually slowing down and enjoying a beverage when you're drinking it. Um, mm. So for me, with non-alcoholic drinks, um, I talk about this a lot, but it's removing the like function or the concept of the function of a drink being alcoholic and and reaching a drunk state or yeah. whatever other coping behavior we might be trying to participate in and rather focusing on the experience and slowing down and really tasting what you have in your hand yeah, um, and, uh, you know, kind of letting go of what we've been trained to think about as the function of a drink. So being, being more thoughtful when we consume. Right. Definitely. And how did you get to this point of mindful drinking? Like what was your relationship with alcohol? Like before, like, I'm yeah. sure maybe it wasn't so mindful. <laughs> it, it It's interesting because the, um, you mentioned like the before you know, BS, before yeah. sober self or uh, before sober curious uh, self. Um, I grew up on an island called Catalina Island mm-hmm. off the coast of LA. And I know you used to live in LA, so I don't know if you've been. Yes. Um, but it's a pretty gorgeous place. It's beautiful. It's a stunning place. It's very much driven by hospitality. And yeah. so 
with that comes the bar and the restaurant scene. And the majority of the economy is reliant on that. So I grew up in that. My dad's a bartender and I went to a K through 12. So Mm-hmm. When you are in that condition, you see older kids drinking when you're younger, you see tourists coming and unwinding and celebrating mm. and over consuming. Um, and then you work in the restaurant industry yourself. And there's such a culture of like, um, you know, the the work hard, play hard, having sure. an after shifter, that yep. mindless habitual behavior. Um, yeah, because everyone else is doing it. Everybody around you. Yeah, is doing it. And uh, so for me, I very much grew up in that context and I wouldn't necessarily, I've never identified myself as having had a troubled relationship with alcohol. I'm very lucky in the fact that, um, you know, it it didn't feel that way, but it was, it's the sneaky relationship Mm. with alcohol, the like lack of even noticing when you're drinking more than you probably should. Um, when you actually stop to slow down and think about it. Um, And that changed for me um, when my dad got sick a few years ago. So Mm. a lot of how I arrived at this category was very much through seeing his health um, decline. He was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And so he had to completely cut Mm. out alcohol and being that he's a bartender and that we are so into um, the act of mixology and right. doing those kinds of things together, making really yummy drinks, pairing them with our food. Yeah. Uh, that's what kind of jolted me and made me even have to stop to think about why is it that me and my dad, you know, make a drink whenever we're celebrating something or spending time together or sure. what other options are there for us? And um, through that discovery process, I really was able to actually separate the mm-hmm. idea of of drinking and drinking alcohol from all of the other moments that we've learned to associate with them right so you're able to yeah. like see the two as separate yeah um, and i just came to the conclusion that a lot of the stuff i was giving alcohol credit for wasn't really super warranted yeah definitely I mean, it also, it's, it's so easy. Alcohol is so easy to, to build connection with too. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. like with you and your dad, like having that in common, being mixologist, doing, doing the thing. Yeah. But also like for lots of people, like that's how they socialize, right. That's yeah. how we find commonality. You know, like you said, growing up in, in a town where everyone is doing it, from a very young age, you yeah, know, totally normalized. Um, yeah, it's it's yeah. interesting to see how, yeah, just how present that is, and and how much, um, as I said, we we give alcohol credit for. We're like, oh, you know, when I drink, I find social belonging, or when totally. I drink, I am present with my dad, and when I drink, I am celebrating. Um, and uh, it's it's really easy to just not think about that too too much yeah. more or or really look into it um yeah and uh yeah why do you think it's easy not to look at it i think it's because of the fact that it's so prevalent and yeah. it's becoming harder to do now that we have more information and now that yeah. um there are more conversations like this happening and it's it's more normalized to 
rethink, you know, your relationship with alcohol or to look at just all the other toxins and things that we consume and, and really yeah. them. But, um, I, I think that we've just grown up being told that alcohol is, is sexy and it's like all yes. the we glamorize. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think, I think when something is so present, you don't even feel the need to question it. You just kind of take it at face value. And, yeah. um, it's, it's really cool to see that beginning to shift because we've stopped glamorizing and started, I think, being more honest about the impact of, of alcohol and, um, and just actually openly talking about the way we feel when we do drink. Yeah, definitely. Because it's, it's funny how, like when I stopped drinking, how so many people who I thought loved drinking, Mm -hmm. like that I thought had no problem with it, how they were like, Oh, I wish I could do that. Yeah. Like you wish you can, why can't you? Yeah. Why, how can you not? And, and, you know, it's, I love your story because it's not, you know, we always kind of talk about the rock bottoms or this huge, big event that happened to like bring us to sobriety or sober curiosity or however you want to identify as, but it's, it's almost a little bit harder to actually stop doing something when it's not that bad. It's like a bad, it's like a relationship, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's not that bad. We're not like super in love, but we don't hate each other. Like, yeah, he's only a jerk sometimes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. (laughs) And and to your point, like, I think that that's, that's another reason that it is hard to look at and it's kind of like Mm. a double edged sword. Um, I think it's because we have been so trained to think that, you know, if you have an alcohol problem and it's really bad and you hit rock pro- rock bottom, then you try to stop drinking, right? Yes. And that's kind yeah. of like a, a prerequisite to, mm-hmm. to reassessing your relationship with drinking, whether it be minimizing, reducing, eliminating, what whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it's easier to say, oh, well, I'm not as drunk as that person, or I didn't make a total fool of myself, or yeah. I've never found myself in an unsafe situation because of alcohol. So- that's the prerequisite. I don't really need to do this. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't think about it. Um, that's why you just keep going. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that that's, that's the really exciting thing about the way that the conversation is shifting for me, because yeah, I do think when you create just a little bit of space to introduce the conversation and the, the topic, um, and, and eliminate a little bit of that, like that notion that, you know, you only reassess your drinking if you have had something really horrible happen. Yeah. Um, that's how you start to to make more people kind of jump on and 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 start to think about it as well. Yeah, definitely. I truly believe, and we believe this, you know, at, at a sober girl's guide that it's a spectrum, right? Yeah. It's not just black and white, yeah. you know, it does not good and bad, wrong or right. You know, it is a spectrum. We go through waves, we different things happen to us. We have different backgrounds, different stories, but you know, it's, it's not, it's not so easy. It's not so black and white. I wish things were sometimes, but it's just not. There's gray. There's different shades of gray and that's, and it's totally okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think so too. And I, you know, um, 
I think we can all agree that anxiety is so 2023. Say peace out to anxiety and overwhelm with chill vibe gummies. Made with ashwagandha root, L-theanine, GABA, chamomile flower, and lemon balm, these gluten-free, vegan, non-GMO gummies are the perfect way to change your vibe naturally, and most importantly, safely. Whenever I tried medication for my anxiety, I was always hit with extreme side effects that made me feel paranoid or just completely numbed of all emotions, the good and the bad. Chill Vibe Gummies make you feel like you, just minus the anxiety. Go to vibegummies.com to get your gummies today. That's V-I-B-E gummies.com. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. A common misconception about relationships is that they have to be easy to be right. But sometimes the best ones happen when you put the work in to make them great. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all your relationships, whether with your friends, work, your significant other, or most importantly, yourself. My biggest fear is that I was unlovable, that something was just not good enough or deserving of love. My therapist has helped me to see that my thoughts are not necessarily the truth. Therapy has helped me overcome these limiting beliefs that were keeping me in unhealthy patterns in my life. We are our own worst critic, and I love that my therapist reminds me of how far I have come. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out the brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com ASGG today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com ASGG. I think that a lot of people do kind of exist in that, that gray area or mm-hmm. have that, um, that thought that you brought up of like, I wish I could, you know, mm-hmm. but, but how, or, or when is a good time? Um, sure. and, and I a mean, lot it's of, never a good time to break up with it's anyone. never a good time, which no. is an interesting thing. But a lot of the conversation that I have with people who walk into the new bar is, yeah. um, is around that. And it is a lot of people who are on the spectrum. They're like, I just want to mm-hmm. drink less. And um, the idea of completely cutting it out right now feels like too much. And I'm not ready for that. Sure. But those people that do exist in that gray and in between, I think breaking it down into smaller goals is really helpful for them. And so totally, if it's I'm cutting it out for sober October, or I'm trying dry January this year, I've found that a majority of those people are like, Oh, wow. Okay. I I learned a lot. Um, I'm going to be drinking a lot less, or I'm going to keep this going and just completely, you know, cut it out for a year. See if I can do that. Um, Yeah. yeah. I love that. And I totally agree with that. You know, it's forever is is a big commitment. (laughs) It sounds (laughs) like it at first, but then you might end up, you know what I mean? I think it's not necessarily the, um, it's just the the idea of like initially getting people into the to being open to it. Um, yeah. Forever does sound like a really long time, but once you've uh, accomplished something for a shorter amount of time and you've you've reached that goal, um, and it felt you know it feels more accessible to you, a lot of people do end up going you know forever or um, or at least like you know doubling down on on the goal and, and continuing on on that journey. And so I think it's really cool to be yeah. able to make that 
just feel initially less daunting and less um, inaccessible. Yeah, totally. Absolutely. So how did you come to be with the new bar? Like, how did this start? Tell me the backstory there. Yeah. So when my dad got sick, um, I started looking for ways that we could maintain that ceremony that we loved and Mm -hmm. continue to do the things that we really liked without causing him harm. And at first it was just removing things that we would typically have in a cocktail. So, you know, do the mojito, but without the alcohol and subtract things. Um, And then I started finding all of these products. Um, I think one of the first was actually called hop tea and it would oh they yeah look, they look like tall cans and they feel like tall cans it kind of taste like a beer but it's a, it's yeah. a tea. um and I remember just being like whoa this is really cool um yeah. and so I started to dig and dig more and find new products and I became pretty obsessed pretty quickly yeah um, and it was it was a really awesome you know discovery opportunity for me to find all these new things um but sometimes it wasn't so easy to source them. Mm-hmm. Um, I either was going to a million websites or um, was ordering a lot of stuff kind of blindly because I started getting targeted on Instagram, which yep. I love. I, mean, <laughs> I was here for it. I was like, yes, give me more. Like, um, bring me your non-elk ads. Let's go. <laughs> yes. I was like, target me one more time. I swear I'll cave. Um, <laughs> and and I loved it. But um, sometimes I would order things and it was you know, great product. And it would totally make me really confident in in the category and feel really excited. And then sometimes I found things that maybe weren't quite mm-hmm. as exciting. Um, and so I started thinking about how I could make that experience feel a little bit more fun and mm-hmm. a little bit more consistent for people. Yeah, um, definitely. And so that's kind of how the idea of the new bar was born. And so I started with building our online experience. So if you've been on our website, it's very much um, a curated selection of products that um, we've tasted and experimented with and vetted. Nice. Uh, And then we've made it really easy for people to find a drink that will align with their flavor profiles and preferences or dietary restrictions. Yeah. Uh, And that was really just born out of my own experience struggling with that and, you know, landing on a website and seeing like a million options and not really knowing where to go. Um, Yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's how the idea for the new bar was born. We started with building the online experience and I opened our Venice store location earlier this year in July. Wow. Yeah. That's (laughs) incredible to have like a real life brick and mortar store is yeah. huge. Yeah, it's been really fun. I yeah. absolutely love it. Um, it's a great way to build community. I mean, you've done such a phenomenal job of building your community, and Thank I you. think that um, you can you can do it in both places, in both ways. And we've been really excited to build online and in person. Yeah, um, we have so much fun just like seeing people face to face and yeah like watching their eyes completely just go wow when they walk into the store and see all these options um, yeah and, and having like a clubhouse almost it like is a, a home clubhouse. base it's yeah. so fun yeah it's a it's a full little hub that we've built there and yeah. uh, it's it's been incredible when you change your relationship with alcohol you realize you have so many hours in the day 
I love to dedicate my time to skincare, and Osea makes me and my skin feel and look like a queen. Osea's clean, vegan, and sustainable body care is a glowing choice for achieving your body care and self-care goals. Whenever I use the Andaria LG Body Butter, people literally stop me on the street. My skin is flawless and glowing, and I love the thick and unbelievably rich texture that absorbs instantly. Skincare is a habit worth keeping all year round. Osea can help your skin have a healthy glow every day. Because let's be honest, skincare is self-care. With over 27 years of seaweed-infused products, Osea is safe on your skin and the planet. It is clean, vegan, and cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified. Never choose between your values and your best skin. Start the new year fresh with clean, vegan skincare and body care from Osea. Right now, we have a special discount just for our listeners. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code ASGG at OseaMalibu.com. You'll get free samples with every order and free shipping on orders over $60. Head to OseaMalibu.com and use code ASGG for 10% off. Why did you choose Venice? I chose Venice for a couple of reasons. Okay. I was looking at LA broadly, and I think that there is very much um, a wellness-centric culture in Venice that was appealing to me. Yeah. I loved that um, people tend to be a little more laid back here and very Mm -hmm. community-centric. Yes. Um, And I really love the idea of building where I live and and starting there. And so I actually live just a few blocks away from my store. Oh, nice. It's it's incredible because um, I I feel like, you know, I'm able to be really active in the community and really plugged in and um, to get to interact with customers, not just in the store, but then everywhere in town as I see them. And uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, it kind of it definitely has like Venice definitely has like small town vibes. It does. And coming from like a tiny town, I didn't think that that would be possible in L.A. necessarily. Um, Yeah, (laughs) I I studied at UCLA and so I lived in Westwood and that's a very small town ish, but it doesn't have that like community feel that you get in Venice. And um, yeah, Venice is definitely like a destination. Yes. Yeah. You don't really need to leave if you don't have to. Exactly. Yeah, and it's there's, great. But there's a ton of like open-minded and really kind, uh, creative people. Um, mm. And and so I I felt like this was totally the right place to start. And yeah. I, I've been very happy to see the outcome. I think I was right. Nice. So what I want to talk about the, pro- the products you curate. Yeah. What do you specifically, I know, I know you appeal to all kind of flavor profiles and interest and dietary restrictions but what do you personally look for in like a non-elk product what is is really interesting and exciting for you right now Ooh, well (laughs) broadly things that i look for when i'm um assessing a product um i think it's like it really is a full experience and sure right so i i talked about how like if you remove alcohol Mm -hmm. what does the function of a beverage become and kind of mm. what what is its purpose you know like or truly, value or value and yeah. so for me it's like 
Does it look appealing, right? It starts from looking at the product. Does it make me excited to reach for the bottle or um, does opening it feel great? Um, There's Mm -hmm. a few bottles of sparkling champagne that I'm looking at now Mm -hmm. um, that I love because they like pop really like, you know, with the, with the same level of enthusiasm that you'd expect from a champagne. Totally. Um, so does the the experience of opening it feel good? Um, yeah. Are you able to actually use it easily? And is it of a high quality in terms of um, not just ingredients, but like the level of complexity? So mm. uh, I think that there's some phenomenal products that have, de- you know, been developed that are totally unique and not trying to be anything else. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's not like I'm measuring it against like likely, you know, or not like comparing comparing it is how close is it to this thing that I know, but it's just like sure. how beautiful and substantial is this actually? Yeah. Um, and so those three things are super important to me. Um, mm-hmm. And right now I'm actually pretty into a few products that I didn't expect. Ooh. Obsessed with. Um, hell, <laughs> please, please tell. <laughs> I think the most kind of surprising one that I am pretty hooked on right now is um pathfinder oh so, yes have you seen it of course yeah the okay. bottle is so striking it's so striking so and cool it's, it's super cool and I totally respect it and this is like um again one of those scenarios where it's like taste is subjective what you mm-hmm. find beautiful subjective but like if you look at me I'm not really giving like liquid death vibes you know I'm not sure. like going for like really hardcore kind of branding which pathfinder does they have this like cool (laughs) bizarre intrepid and i'm like yeah that's not usually my vibe but totally respect it and i love it and then the product itself is just delicious i don't know if you've tried it before i have i haven't yet it looks very um medicinal to me Yes. Is it? And, okay. and I, I say that. Um, and sometimes I'm like nervous to use that word because it could freak people out, but it's kind of sure. like, like bittersweet. It's kind of like an Amaro type of spirit. Yeah. Um, it is a little bit almost syrupy and like medicinal and funky. Yeah. Um, but it does really, really beautifully in a spritz. And so I've experimented mm. with it in so many ways and I can't stop putting it in my cold brew and all the things. <laughs> really? Yeah. In cold brew? cold brew you can like make a negroni with it you can do interesting i put it in like sparkling wine like a little bit and it makes yeah, yeah. a delicious thing um so i'm really into that right now okay really into prima pave if you haven't uh what is that prima pave is a sparkling wine brand okay um, and they actually handpick their grapes in italy produce a traditional wine Okay. Um, and they then dealkalize it. And so okay. they end up with like what I think is one of the more complex and, and elegant and beautiful um, sparkling wines on the market. So I Ooh. am, you know, running, running those back um, quite a bit. Right <laughs> yeah. Oh, I love it. I, I love sparkling non-alcoholic wine. It's yeah. just so good. And it, I mean, I I hate to compare it to the old days, but it definitely gives me like brings forth the best possible memories, if that makes any sense. Yes. No, completely. Like like the nice times that I think we all keep drinking to to recreate or to like chase almost. Yeah. Because we have such an association with like a 
wine as like a joyous thing, right? You yeah. probably didn't reach for that as a negative coping mechanism, you know, for, for hard times. You usually are yeah. drinking a sparkling happy champagne when you're, you know, in, in a good celebratory mood. And so it's, it's yeah. a pretty joyous uh, drink to enjoy. And so I've, um, I've been loving that. And I do think it, it really does bring some, some great memories to mind and, also just they have so much to play with when you look at a sparkling wine so that they are yeah. really are able to replicate the the profile that somebody might uh might crave or want to um to be reminded of. Yeah, that's awesome. So tell me a little more. I know um the new bar has, you know, it's a clubhouse. It's the Venice Clubhouse. Um <laughs> What do you guys have going on in terms of events? I know you guys have stuff every kind of, is it every week or is it every month? What does your event schedule look like? It's pretty consistent. Okay. Um, it's uh, it's fairly, I mean, we're, we're three months old. And so we're always mm-hmm. adding new concepts and new things in. Um, the most recent new thing we did, um, what was it last Thursday? We did a non-alcoholic wine and cheese pairing class. It was so much fun. Um, it was incredible. That's great. Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really, really so I'll be doing that again. I think that that's okay. gonna be a thing that we try to, you know, um repeat. But uh on the whole, I would say we have at least four to eight, honestly, four to eight events. Wow. Really busy with um just bringing interesting experiences to people locally and um yeah. showing them like firsthand viscerally what a good time you can have um yeah (laughs) without the alcohol um and so yeah so we've done um all kinds of different programming we do community happy hours often um some classes and we are going to introduce different types of uh you know small scale community classes as well like mixology and cool uh, all that kind of stuff yeah that's so so great and it just shows people like there is again possibilities, opportunities out there beyond alcohol. Yeah, yeah, it was so that. cool to see um, for the wine and cheese pairing uh, last week. Just the different uh, kinds of people that it brought together, and you know, yeah. across age groups, across backgrounds, across um, spectrum, and and relationship with alcohol. But it was really yeah. cool to just see how excited everybody was to have an experience that, you know, felt unique and uh, truly connected them to other people that they didn't know mm. uh, over something that is net positive. Right. And totally. that, that kind of uh, mutual desire to better themselves and to, to do things a little bit unconventionally. So yeah. Uh, yeah. We're going to try to replicate that as much as we can. I love that. That is so, so cool. I, I think I might just have to come down. Hmm. Yeah, I think you're warned flight, honestly. you. Yeah, you know. definitely. <laughs> oh, I love that. So, Brianda, can you tell me, you know, I have one more question. Mm-hmm. What would you kind of say to maybe someone like a new customer who's coming into the shop and they're, you know, kind of unsure, not really where to go or we're like, if this is going to be a long-term thing what kind of words of advice do you have for that new person just kind of starting off their journey? Yeah, I think it's all about making the alternatives feel fun. 
mm-hmm. and starting with goals that feel accessible. And so um, if you just, if you think about the science of behavioral change, right, and how it kind of feeds into itself, you mm-hmm. can start to build these awesome positive feedback loops that are are actually encouraging better behavior over and over. Um, and so when I have conversations with people who are on the fence and they're like, well, I, I'm not ready to identify as fully sober. Sure. I'm like, okay, cool. Would, you know, if you're drinking seven times a week now, would maybe cutting out Monday through Thursday be a win for you, right? Does that feel like yeah. something you can maybe commit to? And then what kinds of things would make you excited to to not reach for the other stuff? How can we set you up for success so that when five o'clock does strike and you're thinking about a drink or a way to break up your day, mm-hmm. you have something that feels really exciting. So it's not a deficit or a deprivation. It's actually an opportunity to discover something new and something that's totally unique, right? And and yeah. that really satisfies a different a, a different even part of your brain. Um, yeah. So, but it still feels special. Bad. Like it's still yeah. unique. You feel like it's still a reward. Yes. Yeah. It's not yeah. a LaCroix. It's not like the, the consolation price, right? Sure. You're not, where you're like sitting there sipping it and tasting the deficit or the, yeah. the you know, tasting the discipline, I would say. <laughs> oh, like- that is literally the definition of what sparkling water is for me. Yeah. I yeah, like it. Yeah, but it's not a treat. Like it's not. It's oh. just like an everyday thing. Yeah, you know. So when people say like, "Oh, what's the point?" You know, I mm-hmm. if you're not going to drink, you might as well just drink. You know, drink water. It's like yeah. you're missing no, no, the no, point. No, no, no. It's actually it's an occasion. It's a moment, yeah. and so um, it's all about like you know deciding what's attainable to start with yeah. and setting yourself up so that you can make that feel as exciting as possible, right? And as, yeah. as likely. Uh, to succeed as possible. Um, and I think if you send people away with things that they're like genuinely very much looking forward to trying and that um, they have a high likelihood of liking because you, you've you helped them, uh, you know, through personalized recommendations and really good curation to arrive at a place that they just end up trying something different. They love it. They can come back for it on Tuesday and Wednesday. And by the time Thursday rolls around, they're like, maybe yeah. I don't even need it on Friday. Yeah. And like, actually, let's bypass the liquor store and go to the new bar. Let's just bop to the new bar instead. Yeah. Done. See what they're sampling that day. Um, Yeah, yeah. exactly. Oh, I love that. I absolutely love that. So where can we find you on the World Wide Web and in Venice? Where where are you at? Yeah. So in in real life, you can Mm -hmm. find us in uh, in Venice. We are um, at 1821 South Lincoln Boulevard. Okay. So that's, um, right on Lincoln and Superba. Um, it's a bright red store, so you can't really miss it. Cute. Um, and online we are at the new bar.com okay. and follow us on Instagram. We will often post, um, you know, every, every week we post our tasting menu for the week. Okay. We'll start events that are coming up for the month. Um, and so it's a really great way to to stay plugged in and, and see what you might uh, want to participate in. Nice. And yeah, if you find yourself on the website, you can definitely subscribe to our newsletter as well. Great. So w- when you say tasting, like people can come in and, and just taste things? <laughs> yeah. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. 
like Costco. (laughs) Honestly, yeah, it's like it's like Costco, but make it but make it non-alcoholic drinks. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, my dream would be to run it like a full blown ice cream shop, you know, and you can taste anything you want. That would be yes. Um, yeah, from a logistical standpoint, a little bit hard. Um, but we do have one featured cocktail or wine or beer every single day that you can and it changes every week. The menu does. So cool. Every time you walk into the store, you can taste something. Yeah. If we have an open bottle of something that you want to try, we always pull it up and just let people, you know, yeah, get a taste and see if it's something they'd be into. Oh, that's so awesome. I love that. I love that idea. Brianna, thank you so, so much for sharing your experiences and your knowledge with us. I really appreciate it. I'm so happy to be here. And thank you for for letting me share. How great is Brianda? And I love that all these women-owned non-alcoholic bottle shops are popping up all around the world. As always, thank you so much for listening. Please make sure to rate, subscribe, and leave your feedback about the podcast. We love to hear your comments. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook at A Sober Girls Guide and head over to a sobergirlsguide.com. We have you lock stocked and loaded so you do not have to be with how to's tips and tricks and memberships even sober girl merch we have you covered at every stage of your booze free journey thanks so much for listening and have a great day